0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The
2: Fan.
0: All this time.
2: Me. Well, welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, flying solo today. Pastor Ken Keltner will be back in next week. Our special guest this week, he's a former Major League Baseball player. He played for the Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland Indians, Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. He is Drew Sutton. Hey, Drew, how you doing today?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having
2: me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot for your willingness to come on and I really appreciate your patience getting to this. I I really do. Hey, Drew, let's start with where are you living now?
3: I live in uh, Prosper, Texas, which is about 45 minutes north of Dallas. It's kind of connected as part of what people call the DSW, Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex.
2: So the the uh, the weather by you has been okay, right?
3: It's been it's been all right. Uh, we've uh, we haven't had to deal with what uh, people in Houston and uh, Corpus Christi and Round Rock and uh, all of our people to the south what they've had to what they've had to deal with. It's been pretty pretty awful.
2: Boy, it's been uh, you know just seeing the pictures up here, and I've got a, a niece that lives in Austin, Texas. She's a news reporter. So she was living in a hotel uh, for a week or so, and working 18, 19 hours a day, just trying to, you know, trying to help out and trying to get to the things that she had to do for work. And uh, when I talked to her, she said, "Uncle Michael, I've never seen anything like it. The the uh, the people here are all pitching in to help, but the devastation is incredible." Yeah, that's uh,
3: that is. Uh... One of the great things that I love about about Texas and you know my wife and her whole family are, are from here. And uh, when we got married, I don't think there was any way I was going to get her out of the state. It was uh, they have a lot of pride and it's just um, a great community of you know just taking care of your fellow Texans taking care of of each other. And uh, my mother, um, her and her husband, they live down in Houston and they also have a house in Rockport. and so they got, both ends of it, um, you know, so they, uh, but they were very fortunate to, to, to be okay. And then, uh, and, and have everything, um, be livable for right now.
2: Well, I'll tell you they they are lucky. They're blessed because, you know, from, from what we saw up in this neck of the woods, the Station was, was really incredible. Drew, where did, uh, where did you grow up?
3: I actually grew up in Southern Arkansas. Um, I lived there until I was 15, a uh, town called Magnolia, Arkansas. Um, my parents divorced when I was 13, and uh, me and my mom and my brother moved to Jackson, Tennessee uh, when I was 15. So I, I went to, to high school in Jackson, Tennessee um, uh, when I was 15, 16, 17. Um, so lived up there, and then... Uh, and then I went to junior college in Texarkana, which was about an hour, uh, an hour west of Magnolia, plus as, as far as far east as you can go in Texas. And uh, so I went there for went there for two years, and then I ended up going to Baylor for one year um, before I got drafted.
2: I read uh, doing some research for the show. I read a really nice article about uh, about you and your mom. And uh, she was she an English professor? Is that correct?
3: Yes, she was. So, uh, yeah, we moved to, you know, when we moved to, to Jackson, we didn't, we didn't know anybody. And so, um, you know, baseball was kind of the avenue that helped me, you know, get to know people and make friends. But, you know, um, I spent some time around her college there. They were an NIA program. And, uh, and then just being able to play, you know, at the high school allowed me to make some friends as well. So that – you know that part of it. Um, the move was not not something I was I was happy about or looking forward to at the time. But um, you know, at least baseball gave me an avenue to to make some friends and to get to know some people.
2: You know, uh, part of that ar- article that I loved the most was talked about how she kept your uh, your memorabilia in her house until you and your Stacy you and your wife Stacy, bought a house. And but then she said uh, she keeps some of his baseball cards. Uh, in her desk, one of the cards from his time with the Astros, and uh, the card has his testimony on the back. And she said, "Look, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that uh, it does talk about his faith." And I kind of highlighted that through the article because I, being a parent, and i I've, I've got two kids, I've got three grandsons. And I, I love the fact that she keeps some of those cards in her desk, and she's probably the most proud of the one that has your, you know, your your uh, verse on the back, and and you're willing to talk about your faith. And it was a really well put together article, and you could you could just feel her pride in you coming through the article. So um, that had to be uh, that be awesome, uh, Drew. were you, were you a, a single athlete? Did you play multiple sports uh, going through high school?
3: Going through high school, no. Um, you know, I, I spent some time doing some lessons around, you know, close to where I live. And it's it's amazing to hear the way that kids play sports nowadays, you know, how, how much they play in a year, how many games they play, how much they travel. Um, you know, when I was a kid uh, in Magnolia, we just had a boys and girls club. And so, you played baseball in the spring, you played soccer in the fall, and then you played basketball in the winter, and that was, that was just what you did. You know, you played, you know, different sports, Uh, you didn't play, you weren't able to play football until you were in junior high, but, you know, that, I think that was very beneficial for me, just, you know, you don't get bored and you don't get, you know, you get to uh, figure out what you're, what you enjoy and what you're passionate about, and, and, so once I got to high school, I was I was very under, I was pretty undersized uh, when I was in high school. I was definitely one of the smaller kids. You know, I grew late, and so you know, in high school I wasn't big enough to play football or, or basketball or anything like that. Baseball was, was really the only thing that I could play, and so that uh, limited my options as as a, you know for, for being able to play multiple sports.
2: You know, Drew, I, I, I coach, uh, this will, upcoming will be my 36th year coaching basketball. And um, I, first at the grade school level, now at the high school level. And it's amazing to me that kids e- in basketball are, are specializing. They're, they're playing in AAU tournaments, traveling all over the place. When, when I go to see the high school where I coach, when I go to see their football team playing a Friday night, I look in the stands and there's athletes all over the place. And they've got probably thirty-five, forty kids on the football roster. And if a kid goes down, they're in trouble because they, they have no depth. But and you look in the stands and there's kids just all over the place that you think, boy, if he, you know, if he just came out and played cornerback and just said, look, I'm gonna try to be Deion Sanders here at Greendale Martin Luther, and I'm not gonna let the guy across from me catch a pass. We have those kind of athletes but they just refuse to play football. Um some of them might run track a couple of these kids, but for the most part they're you know, they've got this dream of playing basketball at the next level. Some of them think they have a chance to play at the you know, at the next level after that. And and I think that one day they're going to look back at their their high school career and say man, I should have t- went and did everything I could. I should have ran track. I should have played baseball. I should have played football instead of just sticking with basketball.
3: Yeah, I... You know, it's interesting now the way that sports kind of run into each other. It's, you know, as far as high school goes, you know, football runs into basketball and basketball runs into baseball as far as when they start. But, uh... You know, I, just from doing lessons and being around some of the, you know, some of the kids, um, you know, sometimes the parents have a lot to do with that too, as far as just wanting to direct their kid in in one, you know, one sport, we're going to put all of our chips in this this basket and see, and and go for this sport, Um, but I mean, if you look at a lot of the a lot of great athletes, like, I mean, Bo, you know, I mean, Bo Jackson's obviously like right. not normal, but
2: not normal, you know,
3: he played, he played football and ran track and, and played baseball. And, um, I mean, if I, 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 played golf a little bit, but it was because we couldn't play baseball in the fall. Um, you know, I, it, it's interesting, you know, you know, this conversation, um, talking about youth sports and all that, I have to have two sons of a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy and so you know it's interesting to see what what the landscape is like now for youth sports and see you know what kind of stuff i'm going to be dealing with with them
2: oh you're you're going to have to they're going to have to play (laughs) football where you're living there's going to be no choice there's going to be absolutely no choice hey let's get to a quick break other side of the break we'll continue our conversation with drew sutton Former Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland Indian, Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, and Pittsburgh Pirates. We're going to talk a little bit about his faith and and, and how it affected his life professionally and personally. I want to I want to start with the minor league time for him. With other uh, Major League Baseball or former Major League Baseball players, he said, boy, one of the tougher times for them was in the minor leagues, and we'll ask Drew about that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, again, flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner will be back next week. We're joined, our special guest today, former Major League Baseball player, Drew Sutton. Hey, Drew, we were talking during the break, and, and I had asked you about a, a really tough time in, in your life, and your wife's life, um, years back when uh, you lost your, your your daughter, she was um, passed away after being being uh, born one day earlier and i said look i don't know if, if that's something that we can we can talk about and you said yeah of, of course i you know we've been out speaking on it And if there's anybody that's listening uh to this show that i can help through a time like that i would be more than willing to do that i know at, at, at that time uh drew that had to be a very very difficult time for you and your wife and, and certainly had to uh, test your faith quite a bit
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of anticipation for, you know, your first. There's a, you know, you you buy all the baby stuff. You get all the car seats and clothes and blankets. And people get, you know, you go through the whole thing. and, And you, you know, you think you've made it through, the toughest part, you know, around weeks 20 or or 12 to 24, eight to 12, those are, you know, usually the toughest times to make it through. And, um, but, uh, it was just, uh, it was something that, you know, the Lord took us through that, um, was an extremely tough time. And we, uh, you know, we look back on it now and, uh, it's, I mean, I can say that I don't, I don't know if our family would be the same if she was here. And that's just, you know, me and my wife have talked about this. It's, um, you know, because of when we decided to have our boys or have our sons, um, you know, it probably would not have been the same if, you know, she was here. We, You know, we, we ended up having our, our son a year and a half later and then our, our other son. Uh, about 20 months later. And so I don't know if that time would have lined up or, you know, and so it's, it's very in, in the moment, in the time it was extremely painful and, you know, something that luckily made mine and my wife's relationship stronger. Um, but it was, you know, it's, uh, we feel very strongly that she is you know with the lord and she is way better taken care of than we could have on this earth and it's just you know it, but it, you know but like you said it's it's something that we had never heard of until we actually went through it um, you know we didn't know that some of the things that happened were possible and then after it happens you you know you end up talking to a lot of people and they have gone through similar situations and um,
2: Hey you Drew, know, was there it, it, was there a name for for what had happened to your daughter?
3: Um, the closest thing that I've gotten to is called pulmonary hypertension. Um, it was just the lungs not fully developing and and not being able to function. They weren't strong enough for her body. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and so that's. Uh, I think it was around 11 a.m. She was born at 7, a, uh, 7 p.m. I was actually had, flew in from, I was, I was in AAA in Buffalo, and I flew in. And I got there just a few minutes after she was born. Um, but the, more, the next morning, around 11, she, um, I think she, uh, something with her lung, she, uh, uh, I'm, I'm missing the words, um, but her lung collapsed. Oh. And so they put, her, they put her on a ventilator. And, you know, that was, you know, kind of the beginning of, of uh, her struggle. And so they, you know, they came to us later and told us they, uh, they wanted to move her over to children. So I was playing I was, playing, um, I was playing in Boston at the time. And so we were at Brigham and Women's, and so uh, Children's Hospital was right next door. And so they wanted to move her over there and, you know, help her recover by oxygenating her blood because she wasn't, you know, getting enough oxygen to help restore, uh, what had been damaged. And so, um, you know, we moved her over there and, and something happened when they moved her to the table, she just kind of crashed. And, um, you know, it was, luckily I had my, luckily my mom was there. Um, you know, me my mom and and, and Stacy, my wife, um, just kind of went through it together and, uh, You know, uh, one thing. One thing that I went through, you know, as well was I, you know, before about three hours before that happened, I, you know, I called and talked to uh, the person who was my pastor in Nashville about, you know, like listen, I have I have no idea what to do here, Um, and he told me he had gone through something similar, and the best he's like the best thing that I can tell you is you just have to be strong for your wife you have to you have to take care of her she's going to take this a lot harder than you are you're just gonna have to set yourself aside i know you're upset but your responsibility now is to take care of her and so that's you know that was that was what i focused on um and shockingly uh someone got hurt the a day later someone got hurt in the majors, and I I was kind of the one who was going up and down when someone got hurt or got healthy. And so I didn't know if I was going to be the guy who was called up or not, but I called the general manager. It was Theo Epstein at the time, and I said, I I don't know if I'm the guy who's going to get called up or not, but if I do, I'll be okay. I, I It'd be really good for me to be around the guys and just to, you know, given some support, and um, you know, my mom's here. She can she can stay with my wife, and and uh, and the crazy thing I think it was three days later. It was either two days or three days after she passed away that I was playing in a major league game, and I had but I had so much support from the Boston organization and the coaches and the players, and they all came up and talked to me and asked me how how I was doing and it was just it was great to be around that group of guys and be supported like that and you know because I was when I was away from there I was supporting my wife um, you know, so
2: it yeah, was a very I, I'm so, sorry we're talking with Drew Sutton a former Major League Baseball player you know Drew when when fans you know as as fans and I would consider myself a fan I, I, I like the Brewers I'm a Packer fan I'm a Bucks fan and as fans, we we look at you guys, you know, between the white lines, and we think, man, you guys you are major league baseball players. It's it's what we what I dreamt about as a child, and and I don't know if we ever considered at times that you guys are human beings, that you have things going on in your life that you know outside of playing baseball, and and that's got to be a difficult part. To be somebody who played major league baseball and having some things going on in your life where you have to put that aside for nine innings to play baseball and play a game that you played as a child, that everybody's cheering for and asking for autographs, and yet all this stuff is going on, you know, behind the scenes in in your real life. It is. Uh,
3: it's. It's. It's like looking behind the the curtain, the uh, Wizard of Oz or, or something like
1: sure. that.
0: It's
3: just, you know, there's the facade of the way everything looks and the way that everything's presented and the way that every, you know, we, the way that we carry ourselves as players. And then there's a very different story a lot of times going on on the inside. <laughs> um, whether it's, you know, being nervous or, or being know afraid of not making a play or afraid of striking out or you know things like that but it's uh you know we deal with a lot we deal with the same stuff we're you know when you go away from the field you know you go to dinner you go to you go home you watch movies you you know hopefully you get a chance to play with your kids and, and and do all that but that's um you know we're we're very blessed you know, because I, I don't remember getting to choose my parents or where I grew up or what country I was born into or what skill set I was given. And so I'm just, you know, I was very fortunate to have the family that I did and have the, the upbringing that I did. And, you know, I think that's the responsibility that God gives us is this is what I've given you. What are you going to do with it? Um, You know, so it's, and, 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 you know, when you're playing in that, those kind of stadiums and you're around those type of people, you have a great, you know, you have a huge influence on people, be good or bad as a, you know, professional athlete. And so it's, uh, it's both humbling and challenging at the same time because you, you want to present yourself well as a Christian, but you also know that you're competitive and you get frustrated if things don't go your way. So it's, uh, it's, it can,
2: it can hold you accountable as well sometimes. Oh, I, I bet. Again, we are talking with Drew Sutton. He played with the Cincinnati Reds, the Cleveland Indians, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Boston Red Sox, and Tampa Bay Rays. Hey, we only have a few more minutes in this segment, so I'm hoping I'm going to give you enough time because it's, it's the most important, I think, thing that we do here on Faith in the Zone. But can, are you able to share your testimony with us um, when your journey with Jesus Christ began?
3: Yeah, um, you know my parents. We went to church as a kid, as, a, you know, as, a, as I was a kid, and I was around church. We went to church on Wednesday nights for for kids groups and things like that. And so I, I remember as a seven year old being um, going through Vacation Bible School, and. I think I'd ask my mom a couple, a few questions about, you know, you know, if I wasn't a Christian, would I have, would I be able to go to heaven or would I have to go to hell or, you know, so the, the theory of, or not the theory, the, um, the thought of going somewhere like that, like, scared me, and so, um, I was, baptized and saved there, but I think, you know, we as we, you know, my parents, as we grew older, we kind of got away from the church, and I, I started getting back into the church uh, when I was in my minor league, when I started getting into the my early years in the minors. I had a friend uh, who still plays Ben's us and we lived together and worked out together in Houston for three or four years, and, you know, we just we did everything together, and he's someone who, you know, was a great mentor and person to teach me about being a Christian in that kind of atmosphere. And so we we went to church and we uh, together, and we would kind of challenge each other, um, and then we would go out and play the season. But you know, that's where my kind of turned and became a lot stronger and a lot more there became a lot more purpose to it Um, as opposed to you know we did those like you were talking about earlier we did the uh, testimony cards Mm -hmm. me and Ben did that with a guy uh, John Saucier who lives um, outside of outside of Ohio uh, Cleveland and he put those together for us and so we would we would give those out to kids when we were in low A, high A, and then uh, I think we, you know, we did it all the way through the minors. And so that kind of became the purpose of us as Christian athletes was who we can affect and who we would have an impact on um, while we were playing and then uh, just being known as Christians to our team and our teammates and our community as well.
2: You know, Ben uh, you, I'd feel pretty good for him last uh last World Series. I'll tell you that. Boy he uh, what what a World Series he had.
3: Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. I and mean, then he won and he won the World Series the previous year with Kansas City as well.
2: So Not
0: bad.
3: Two years have been pretty pretty yep. exciting for him and and, uh, and it looks like they might make the
2: playoffs again this year. Well. Yeah. You know, I'm a Brewer <laughs> fan now. Hold on a second. Yeah. I, Brewer's are playing well right now, Drew, but I, the, the Cubs can't, the Cubs refuse to lose right now. So if they the Brewer's can hang in there, you know, they, they're not many games left, but possibly catch the Cubs or possibly catch the uh, The Rockies for that wild card. Hey, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, I want to talk to Drew Sutton about his days in the minor league. And I also want to talk about baseball chapel. A lot of the the Major League Baseball players and former players that we've had on Faith in the Zone have just really raved about Baseball Chapel. I think Major League Baseball does it better than any of the other sports. I know that Vince Noss and the guys at uh, Baseball Chapel uh, do a great job. We'll talk to Drew Sutton about that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone. An inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, all this time, you covered
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest, and he is, uh, man, what a what a good man. Drew Sutton, former Major League Baseball player, played with a number of teams. Hey, before we get into minor leagues and baseball chapel, Drew, if I said to you, you could go play one game, one more game in the Major Leagues, would it be with Cincinnati, Cleveland, Boston, Tampa, or Pittsburgh?
3: I would have to say Boston. That's uh, the first game when I first got called up to Boston in 2011. It was for series. Um, the first, it was against the Cubs. And it was the first time the Cubs had been there in like 90 or 80 something years. And uh, And man, they went all out for the series. It was like a Friday night game. Uh, the Fox Saturday game of the week, and then we did Sunday night baseball the next, uh, that Sunday night. And so they did the flyover. They did the, I mean, everything you want to see at Fenway, each, you know, the, the, all the little intricacies and things that they do there, covering the green monster with the American flag. And, um, I mean, that – that was my favorite place to play. I didn't, when I, when I played in Wrigley, it had not been upgraded yet. The last time I played in Wrigley, I think was 2012. But, uh, I mean, that was, that it's, it's a different type of field than any other stadium that I went into.
2: Did you, uh, uh did you play here in Milwaukee? I did. At, at Miller, 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 Park, I'm sure. Correct.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, played in Milwaukee with Cincinnati in 09 and with Pittsburgh in two thousand twelve. Okay. So too Not recently. Face, yep. Yeah, face grinky um face grinky in 2012, it was right after
2: the All Star break. Man, he was good when he was here. <laughs> Man, yeah. he, he was really good. I uh, yeah. I liked watching, loved watching him pitch. There's, there's something about the Cincinnati Reds. You know, the Brewers are rolling, and uh, they they go into Cincinnati, and lose three to Cincinnati. That might come back this year to be what's what's going to you know keep them out of the playoffs. Was that that three game? Uh, lost it. They lost three in a row there when they were rolling, which is really tough. Hey, when when people talk to you, um, Drew, about minor league baseball and major league baseball, at least for us here on Faith in the Zone, when I talk to guys who played, they they bring up Baseball Chapel quite a bit, and we've had Vince Vince Noss who um, runs or at least ran Baseball Chapel, and we've had a number of uh, guys that that uh, talk about Baseball Chapel and how they do it in Major League Baseball, how it seems to be fairly important um, with most of the teams in, in baseball. Did you get involved with Baseball Chapel with the teams you were in?
3: Yes. they. There were two kind of organizations. Um, there was Baseball Chapel, and there was also the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is if we went out away yep. to do things um, that were, you know, Christian-centered. A lot of times, those were organized by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because we would be stuck with the high schools um, as part of that. You know, the the chapel. It. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize our schedule. You know, we let's say we go on a road trip, and you know, we were in Cincinnati. We we're going to play the Brewers. We would play the first. We play three-game series. The first two games, let's say it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, the first two games are usually at night, maybe a seven o'clock game on Friday and a six or seven o'clock game on Saturday. But then on Sunday it's a one o'clock game, um, so that the players can basically be done with the game by four, get on the plane, go to the next city, you know, get there before, you know, midnight or something. Sure. like That's because you play the next team again. So it's not like we can go out and go to a church or go to a service or, you know, do anything like that. And so chapel is really the only avenue that we have to get together and to be, you know, somewhat taught or, you know, preached to, um, you know, if you're lucky if you have a couple other Christian guys on the team where you can get together with them, you know, go through a Bible study or, or just kind of read something and just kind of talk and, and what, you know, the different things that we're dealing with. And, you know, that support system helps, but it's, you know, baseball chapels are only weekly rock that we can go to. And we, uh, you know, they have it no matter where we're at. And so the visiting team, if we're on the road, that they have it. And if we're at home, they have it. And so that is a, just a you know a great resource, and just to have the ability
2: to, to to be able to do. We're talking to Drew Sutton, former Major League Baseball player. We're talking a little bit about baseball trap uh, chapel. One of my favorite stories with that, Drew, is We had AJ Ellis, who was a catcher for the Dodgers. Then um, he, he married a, a, a girl that grew up real close to Milwaukee, and he actually came here in the off season. He said, I "Think the only, I'm the only guy Major League Baseball that goes north." In the offseason and he came in studio and we did an hour with with aj and he talked about uh they were playing the san francisco giants and and uh during baseball chapel he was sitting next to buster posey and and uh buster gets up in the ba- batter's box and and clayton kershaw is pitching and aj says buster what'd you think of that chapel man that book of romans is something else and buster took time he said what are you doing he said, I'm just wondering, what you what'd you think of that? Uh, you know, the Book of Romans is a good book, don't you think? And he goes, A.J., I'm ready to face Clayton Kershaw. Come on, are you kidding? He said, no. I, so I thought, you know, that's the way us Christians talk smack right there. You know, he gets to the batter's box, start talking about the Book of Romans or something. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, – A.J. was fun. I, I look forward to maybe getting him back in studio – um, real soon and maybe in the off season because he uh he was a really good guest he talked in fact a lot of our guys and you had mentioned that um, early on you know the platform that the lord has given you as as a, a major league baseball player is incredible and when you talked about fCA and going out and talking to high school kids that really is utilizing the platform that the lord's given you i you know
3: i'm very Fortunate to one to know the Lord and to to be saved by Christ and and I've been able to do a lot with it after I've after I've left the game as well. Um, my last year to play was in 2013, and we uh, we signed on to do uh, a franchise called Jersey Mike Subs, and so we. That was how, you know, that was one thing that allowed me to get out of baseball. But the, you know, being able to affect your, your kids and your sons and um, on a more daily basis. And then also a lot of the employees that we have have gone through a lot of tough times. A lot of them didn't graduate high school or they have, you know, they had issues with parents or, or things like that. And so that as well is an opportunity to kind of just be a stable force in someone's life and a lot you know it's turned into if they have issues a lot of times they come to us and they ask us for help or they ask us to you know to do what we can or things like that and it's you know the lord's put us in a great place to be able to help other people and you know fear in our kids and raise our kids and um you know it's just that's what our life is like right now it's, it's 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 a little different than baseball you um you know you're more i guess real as but you know like i hang out i hang so i'm looking outside right now and i've got 15 kids out in our driveway uh riding bikes <laughs> you know so we're we're very normally just you know, like I I go and do, I'll do lessons on Wednesday and Thursday and get to know some of those kids and, um, help teach them and, but also gives you a chance to talk about Christ and to impact someone's life on a bigger scale than going two for four or, you know, being, you know, being able to catch this fly ball or that ground ball. Um, and so it's, it's, it's great to have that impact on, on younger kids you
2: know, that are all around us. Hey, Hey Drew, before we get to, to, to our last break, um, what position were you most comfortable playing? Because reading, you played a lot of positions. I, I don't know if you ever p- uh, pitched or caught, um, but pretty much every other position, was there a position that you felt most comfortable playing?
3: As I got later in my career, not really <laughs> because, uh, I would be, I mean, I played a different position with each team <laughs> that I played in the majors with, you know, so, and a lot of times if I was playing that position, I hadn't played there in about two weeks, Wow, like three weeks. So I was, that was the tough part is I was, I would give, you know, Eucalys days off or if, you know, Scooter Road needed a day off. So I would, you know, once a week or, you know, I'd usually get two starts a week. But I was expected to play just as well as the the guys who played there every single day. And that was the tough part as a utility guy because there's a big difference in taking ground balls off fungos during BP and what the ball does when it's actually coming at you as fast as it does, you know, in the major leagues. And so that was, you know, it was a situation where if you take a wrong step, you're going to look pretty dumb. So it was always you never knew what type of ground ball you were going to get, and so you you were just kind of in defensive mode. And so it was that was the toughest part about it was you're playing a position once every month or once every three weeks, but you're expected to play it just as well as the guy who played there every day.
2: Man, that that had to be really difficult. We're going to get to a break. Uh, the last break, I'm going to ask Drew a couple of questions. Who was the uh, the toughest pitcher? That, he, uh, that he's that he gone against. And I also want to talk to him about a home run that he hit in Pittsburgh. We're going to talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. He is Drew Sutton. He's a former Major League Baseball player, uh, played for the Reds and the Indians, the Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: Back to Faith in the Zone. A journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, All this time. you covered
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM the Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my special guest, Drew Sutton, former Major League Baseball player. We are changing the world of coaching in the uh, during the break. I'll tell you, you know, stick with what you're doing, Drew. Sometimes coaching uh, man, it gets in your blood and it's hard to get it out. Hey, if I were to ask you, you know, one or two of the best uh, pitchers that you ever faced in your career, who would they be?
3: Rock, the, the one that I had the most trouble with was uh, and they were kind of they're two guys but they're the basically the same type of pitcher with them. Adam Wainwright and Chris Carpenter. I mean they it was like a it was like a video game where they could <laughs> sink it, they could cut it, they could slider, curveball change up and it's and Man, that, anything was coming in any count. And it was – you just hit from such a defensive position that it was uh, – that was – I think I faced – I want to say I faced Carpenter. One of them, Carpenter or Wainwright, I faced them, I think it was 10 to 12 times, and I probably have like eight strikeouts and no hits. I mean, it was it, – it wasn't even fair. It was – Yeah. So, I mean, that was uh, – he was the most challenging – or that group was the most challenging that I that that I had where I just felt completely overmatched.
2: Hey, I want to ask you, in the short amount of time that we had left, I read an article about a home run that you hit in Pittsburgh, and it just – you know, it made me smile, I have to be honest with you. It talks about, uh, you know, a month later after just 18 games uh, for the race, Sutton was uh, designated for assignment – and he was claimed uh, by the Pirates. Sutton flew to Philadelphia to join his new team. A week later, the Pirates were back in Pittsburgh. At the time, they were one of the surprise teams in the National League, and uh, Clint Hurdle was using Sutton, who had primarily been an infielder throughout his career in right field. Pirates took a 7-6 lead in the ninth. Joel blew, uh blew a save, and he was sitting on the bench, and he says, and I'm going to quote him, I remember I was really upset when Drew came to bat. I thought I blew the game but I went from really tick to really happy, like very fast. As he got to the bench, uh, Sutton crushed a breaking ball to the deepest part of the park, straightaway center, the ball clearing the wall and landing. The left of the shrubbery behind it, Sutton raised both of his arms overhead like a true believer, seized the, the spirit of the tent meeting as he routed first base and followed that with a fist pump. That, that walk-off home run, I, I've got to believe uh, that that's something you'll never forget.
3: That was that was the best moment that I had, probably in baseball. Other, I mean, in professional baseball, other than, I mean, you always remember the first time you got called up. But uh, I mean, yeah, I had, that that year was was a really crazy year. I went to spring training with the Braves was in AAA with the Braves for a month and a half, and then got traded to the Pirates earlier in the day. And then later in the day, the Pirates then traded me to Tampa Bay.
2: Oh, man. And
3: so then, so then I went to Tampa Bay, and I think there was I think there was an agreement between Pittsburgh that Tampa Bay was in a bad spot, and they didn't have a, another utility guy. And so as soon as they could find another utility guy, they would designate me, and Pittsburgh could... Claiming, I played back cuz that's the only thing that makes sense. And so I was there for yeah, I was there for 18 games. I think it was like a, a little over a month. And then got designated and came back. And so that was uh that was a crazy year. Um, and that just that moment made all that travel and all those interesting times uh, uh worth it. <laughs>
2: boy I, I uh did you like the city of Pittsburgh I've been there a couple times I, I feel like uh I, I could live there it's a lot like Milwaukee um, hard-working people it's just a beautiful area
3: yeah the where they have the ballpark I mean that's that's one of the best scenes of a ballpark with the bridge in the background oh. downtown yep buildings that's a, I mean it' a beautiful ballpark and I was there at a, I mean I was there at a great time like you said we were I think... 12 or, 12 or so games over 500, and it was the first time that it had happened in a long time. And so, that, I mean, it was a great time to be playing with that organization and they've, you know, built on it in the last several years. But the city was excited about the Pirates, the, you know, we'd go, we'd take a couple of guys and we'd go eat places and people knew who we were, um, you know, and so that was a very different feel from what baseball was usually like in pittsburgh you know the the few years several years before that and so that was that was a fun time to be in that city and to feel that energy
2: you bet hey drew this is uh this has been wonderful for 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 me and and for our listeners and faith in the zone um, uh, all I can tell you is the the journey that you have now with Jersey Mics and and the locations that you have. And, and keep up the good work with these young people. I was at a meeting today uh, for some, the construction field here in Milwaukee. They said, "Look, we can't find employees that are willing to come to work at, at you know get here at eight o'clock and work hard till five o'clock." and We'll pay a living wage, and we're having a hard time finding people. I'm sure you know with Jersey Mike's, it's it's difficult to find good high school or college age kids that are willing to come and work every day. But you know, keep keep the good work up, and and certainly this is the platform now that the Lord has given you to utilize. And and I'm sure that you guys will will uh, seize the moment any chance you get to to uh, spread the word with not only your employees but the people that that come to Jersey Mike's and and grab some lunch.
3: Well, I appreciate you having me and then it's been uh it's been a pleasure to talk to you and just uh get to share some get to share some stories.
2: Yeah, you bet. Thank you very much. Go Brewers, right? No, you're probably who are you you're probably rooting for Zobrist and the Cubs again, aren't you?
3: Oh, they've they've done enough. They 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 could share
2: the wealth of somebody else. There you go. Let's, let's go, Bruce. Again, he is <laughs> Drew Sutton, former Major League Baseball player. Just a great guest here. Thank you so much for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Was it really amazing grace?